Welcome to the Good to Growth podcast on Nonprofit Hub Radio. I'm your host, Katie Appold. I'm the executive director of Nonprofit Hub. One of my favorite job duties is hosting this podcast. Each week, I get to talk to nonprofit leaders, influencers, and innovators who are changing the sector. You see, we know that you're already doing good. We've designed this podcast to help nonprofits who are doing good to find new ways and new resources to grow. So tune in weekly, spread the news, and share the resources we share with you. This episode of the Good to Growth podcast was made possible by our friends at Brightbridge Nonprofit Solutions. Brightbridge Nonprofit Solutions empowers emerging nonprofits like yours to start, grow, and maintain their organizations. Brightbridge Nonprofit Solutions offers all the help you need for running a nonprofit, including consulting and administrative services that range from incorporation and 501c3 tax exemption to grant writing and websites for nonprofits. Learn more about Brightbridge Nonprofit Solutions at brightbridge.com. That's B-R-Y-T-E bridge.com. When we're not raising funds, we're raising friends. Volunteer recruitment is one of the hot topics that you, our audience, have requested content on over and over again. We know this is challenging any time of year, but in a time when we have um, low unemployment, we have high resignation, and we have this phenomenon called quiet quitting, what does this mean for the volunteer space? Today, I get to interview Matt Campo, who is the CEO of the Ronald McDonald House in Metro New York. He is going to share some of their best practices as well as what they're seeing happen right now. So if your organization depends on the goodwill and the voluntary service of your community, this is an episode to listen to. Matt I think most of our audience knows a little bit about this organization, but for those who don't, tell us about what you're doing in New York City. Sure, sure. Well, first off, thank you for the opportunity to be here. I'm so excited to get the chance to chat with you this morning. Uh, Ronald McDonald House Charities New York Metro is an organization here in the New York Metro area that focuses on caring for families and keeping families together when they are in the midst of a pediatric medical crisis. So what does that mean? That means that we want to provide for all of those non-clinical needs so that the family and, and, and parents can focus on what's most important in that situation, which is the health and well-being of their child. So we really do that through all of our programs here in the New York metro area. We're serving thousands of families a year. We're providing a place for them to stay. We're providing transportation. We're providing all of these unique uh, hospitable elements um, so that families can focus on the health and well-being of their child. It's such a beautiful mission. I I have to share some. My son was born with, um, he was born with a, a disfigurement in several medical yeah. issues. And I remember the panic attack, like, you know, right after everything kind of settled in, you know, how are we going to figure this out? You know, where are we going to stay? Because we actually sure. lived about an hour from the hospital system we were using. And hearing about all the great work that Ronald McDonald House did, we ended up, you know, we were fine. We had enough network in the area, but 
I thought about all the families that maybe didn't have relatives in the area or didn't have resources for what can often be a very long haul, you know, dealing with medical issues. And I have such deep respect and admiration for what you all do. It's just fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. And I think that that's part of um, the magic of the Ronald McDonald House programs, whether you live uh two miles away or 200 miles away we want you as part of our program because the the magic is that you get to lean on each other for support in in this in the the uh, communal living environment so it really is a special place and a special charity absolutely well i have no doubt that it takes an immense amount of volunteer power to make ronald mcdonald house run And I'm curious because so many of the nonprofits that we work with rely on volunteer staff members um, or ad hoc volunteers who show up for events or um, one-time campaigns. How do you go about recruiting volunteers and how do you retain them? Yes, yes. Volunteers are really the heartbeat of our organization. You know, we do so much uh, with such little amounts of full and part-time staff. Remember, the organization um, is, is run 24-7, 365. People always have to be on site here. So volunteers are really one of the most important parts of, um, of what it is that we do. Um, we recruit volunteers um, year-round. We have an individual on staff, a full-time individual on staff that manages all of our volunteers and programs. Uh, it's been difficult, you know, uh, th- uh, folks found other things to do during the pandemic. Um, some folks are still um, hesitant to come back to our programs in hospital um, because of COVID. So it's been a difficult time bringing folks back into the fold. But um, it is a it is a never ending um, uh, cycle of bringing folks in community awareness. Um, Volunteers here are doing everything from uh, clerical work to making meals to running our hospitality programs to driving our vans to different locations in the area. So um, volunteers are so important. It's been a challenge lately, but um, uh, retaining them is, uh, again, something that we do regularly. Um, We just uh, tend to, to love on our volunteers to thank them for what it is that they're doing, providing different, even different social elements to to the part of of what it is that we're doing here in our RMHC family is so important there. It really is. I'm sure they feel so much um, satisfaction and gratification in the actual work too, because what... What an amazing organization where you can actually connect with those you're serving. And that really is um, what what we strive to do here is 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 make and keep those connections and those relationships. Um, RMHC is one of those places where you can really touch and feel what it is that we do and interact with our families and and break bread and, and, and make meals together. So um, it is all about those relationships and that connection. So I didn't even think about, um, and I should have, I, I guess I've kind of, I, I black out COVID cause I'm so sick of, of talking about it, but I mean, that's a real, that's a real consideration when you're volunteering in a hospital setting or near a hospital setting, how, 
you know, what unique methods have you guys used to navigate that, to reassure volunteers or um, to get them to come back after such a hiatus? Yeah, we, we, uh, it's, it's been a challenge. It certainly has. I think it's, um, it's continuing to assure our volunteers and our staff alike that um, we are a, a safe place. We are a happy place. We are a place that is concerned for, uh, for their safety. We are still wearing masks in our programs, both in hospital and here in our communal living environment at Ronald McDonald House. Um, so it's really, as you said, just reassuring folks that we're doing all we can to keep everyone safe, requiring vaccinations, things of that nature. But it has been a challenge because I think that um, especially for our family room programs where those are our rooms inside the children's hospital at Stony Brook Children's it's a concern and, and, and folks are, are hesitant um, we're hoping that, that that continues to ease and we're bringing in new folks that I think are, are reinforcing um, our aberrations out with those programs This is Kevin Burgess, the editor of the Good to Growth podcast. Katie asked me to tell you about today's sponsor, Brightbridge Nonprofit Solutions. Brightbridge Nonprofit Solutions empowers dreamers and doers to build nonprofit organizations that positively impact their communities. From nonprofit startup, 501c3 tax exemption, grant management, 990 tax filings, and state compliance, Brightbridge provides all the help you need for running a nonprofit. Brightbridge is led by a team of experienced professionals that leverage their practice on leading nonprofits, holding board positions, and formal nonprofit educational backgrounds to equip and help you to start, grow, and maintain your organization. Brightbridge serves nonprofits all over the United States and is eager to help you. Call Brightbridge at 1 877 857 9002 for a free compliance assessment or to learn more about how they can help your emerging nonprofit at brightbridge.com. That's B-R-Y-T-E bridge.com. Your mission is to help others. Their mission is to help you. Contact Brightbridge Nonprofit Solutions today. Now here's Katie and the rest of her conversation with Matt Campo. Matt, we are in um, a really strange economic climate right now. We've got a lot of things going on. The unemployment rate is one of the lowest it's it's ever been. But at the same time, we've got these phenomenons of um, the great resignation. We've got people leaving the workforce kind of in a mass exodus. And then we've got this new thing called quiet quitting, which um, I find so intriguing. People are basically staying on the job, but doing much less. How does all of this impact the voluntary sector? How does it impact your organization's ability to recruit? Um, does it help? Does it hurt? You no, know, we are seeing a, a lot of that and what it is that we're doing. You know, um, folks are leaving the workforce and, and are looking for meaningful opportunities. Uh, some of our volunteers, um, we are noticing, uh, you know, instead of uh, being a retiree age, that the age is uh, lowering a little bit for us. We are seeing, again, folks that are looking for meaningful opportunities. 
um, perhaps um, instead of, of being in the workforce or going back to the to the workforce. So uh, that certainly has been something we are seeing. We are having challenges just like any other organization as it relates to, to um, finding employees and finding folks that um, want to come to, to work for the organization. Um, it's been a really a very unique time for us. It really has. You're, you're not alone. I've heard this um, so often that, you know, with the economy just changing constantly, people, people are doing shorter stints in volunteer roles. I remember, I mean, it's been probably 10 years, but I led a human service ministry that had many individuals of retirement age who we called staff volunteers. I mean, they basically worked 20 to 40 hours a week on a voluntary basis. Wow. But now, um, you know, today I I teach a nonprofit leadership class at a local university. And I I told that to the kids the other day and they're like, what? Like, who would have time to do that? Who would, you know, who would do that? Times have changed. Times have changed. Yeah. One of the areas that I think we're seeing a tremendous need in, in in that volunteer vein is our meal program. It used to be prior to COVID, just um, a, a, a program that was booked three, four months in advance. You couldn't find a date to to. Uh, to come and cook. Um, We went through COVID, we had to suspend that program. And again, all of those folks either found other things to do or or in some way, shape or form are giving back in another way, in another area. Um, So as we brought that program back, we're really seeing such a tremendous need for folks to come and simply make a meal for for our family. So it's it's been challenging. Well, I hope they show up. I mean, that seems like a great kind of, you know, short term when you can make it happen opportunity. Yes, yes. It's not it's not like some of our other opportunities or volunteer needs where there there's more of a commitment. Um, uh, And it's it's a it's a great group activity. It's you know, you bring 10, 12 individuals and and what better way to touch and feel what it is that we do than by providing a home cooked meal for our families after a long day at the hospital. It's something that we pride ourselves in because we, we promise our families that we're going to provide it uh, 365 nights out of the year. So Yeah, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned commitment. Um, so generationally, do you find that the younger generations are looking for you know, less committed opportunities versus older population? We do see that, um, that, that our... Um, our younger volunteers. Well, it, it, it's interesting to to note the differentiation in our programs. So, inside the children's hospital, we're actually seeing an uptick in um, in more of a commitment to the younger generation. They're signing on for four hours four-hour shifts a week. Um, I think it helps that the uh, Children's Hospital is on a university campus, right? I think that yeah. there's um, a lot of opportunity to engage the younger younger crowd in what it is that we're doing because it's a university. Uh, whereas at our Ronald McDonald House, um, we're seeing uh, the, the complete opposite. 
And it's just that the, the, the older generation is getting more involved and getting more engaged, um, whereas we're finding some of the younger generation at our Ronald McDonald House um, just want uh, uh, smaller opportunities, perhaps resume builders, things of that nature in, at our Ronald McDonald House program. So it's interesting to see the difference in the programs. Do you do you alter your outreach and your marketing for volunteers based on those different kind of? We do, we do. We've noticed, um, and I think some of it is also um, uh, the the programs are in two different counties, and those counties both have their own sort of um, culture. One being a little closer to New York City versus. Uh, one being a little bit further out east on Long Island. Um, but we do tailor our outreach um, in, in based on the program as it relates to going out and finding volunteers. Very cool. Very cool. So you obviously have a ton of experience in this area. What, what cautions can you give our audience? What are some things that um, you would tell them, don't do this when you're, you're you're looking to recruit volunteers. Any cautionary tales? Yes, yeah, so I I think that when you're when you're recruiting volunteers and when you're um, when you're managing expectations is so important. I think that um, our stance uh, is and has to be these are these are unpaid individuals that are donating, just like your the, the donors that are giving up giving dollars. I always tell folks you can um, you can give your time, you can give your treasure, or you can give your talent to the organization. So I think when recruiting volunteers and going to, to managing expectations, I think is really important. Um, having the stance that that there's something for everyone to do. Um, and it doesn't always work out um, at the first. Sometimes there's a strikeout. It depends. So if someone wants to come in and um, and do something, uh, say, take a four-hour shift and do clerical work and, and do some of our thank you notes and things like that, um, managing the expectation and communicating with that volunteer that that's not something that once they once they they get into it and begin working on it that's not something that that is meaningful for them they need to raise their hand and let us know so we can we can redirect them and we can put them into another bucket um and that's that attitude has been one of the ways that we've seen the program just grow by leaps and bounds. Um, the cautionary tale is uh, flexibility. It's the ability to be to be um, amicable and to, and to really um, meet people where they are. Because remember, sure. there's yeah. lots of places where folks can volunteer. So, um, so I think that that's important. It's it's so interesting that you you bring this up because we had a guest on um, I believe it was last month Diana Rixie she's the founder of Bondeed and sure, they sure. work with corporations to make sure that people are going into volunteer positions that are truly an interest and a passion point for them and you know the the thing we talked about was this old practice of like having volunteer groups come in for one day and they'll paint a wall. And then the next year, they'll end up painting the, the same wall over again. And it's like, are we really making a difference? Or are we just like doing the volunteer day thing, getting the t-shirt? No, no, absolutely. And I think that one of the things we do really well, and one of the things I would encourage listeners to do if they're, if they're looking to recruit volunteers is 
always tie it back to the mission. I mean, look, everything that we are doing here is helping families in, in, in the midst of a pediatric medical crisis. There's no job um, that's too big or too small. Um, it all helps the mission. And I think that that's an important piece to continually um, remind volunteers of. Not only is it about mission, um, but it's about having folks feel as though what they are doing is a part of that mission and that we're grateful for it. That is a huge challenge. I mean, that is what nonprofits need to do is convey that every every volunteer role, whether it's thank you notes or actually serving food, is mission critical. Yes, yes. Yeah. Is that a huge part of your organization's training? Like, do you equip your entire team to to recruit and engage with volunteers or do you have like a specific department? We are all, I, I have a, a motto here at RMHC New York Metro. We are all two things. We are all fundraisers, right? And we all, we're all required to, to, to be a part of supporting the organization and looking for opportunities uh, that will, will help us further our mission through fundraising. And we are all um, compassionate recruiters of um, individuals that can help us in other ways, whether it be volunteers, whether it be groups that can do wish list programs for us, whether it's other families that can that can do toy drives for us. Um, every individual within the organization, whether it's um, whether it's myself as a CEO, all the way down to our housekeepers, um, we we train our staff and our volunteers to constantly and consistently look for ways of building those two areas. I love that. That's, that is a great, um, it's a great way to carry out your organization's mission. I love it. I love it. Okay. So as a part of every program, we always ask our guests for a bit of good news. This could be good news for the nonprofit sector. It could be good news in volunteer recruitment, but just something you see happening or coming that would brighten somebody's day. Sure. Well, I think um, for us, not to continually bring it back to COVID, but for us, we have never been um, more, uh, and the last two years have been difficult for everyone. The the silver lining for us is that um, all of our programs are now open. They're back up and running. The only restriction is really um, is really masks. So I think for, for me, the good news today is that uh, we are climbing out of this in ways that we never thought possible a year ago or a year and a half ago. Um, we are... Um, it's a double-edged sword. We are full. Our family, we have 42 families staying here tonight. So it's a, um, we, we, we love to hear that because our program is full with families that need us. And we hate to hear that because our, our means that there's 42 families with sick kids in the hospital tonight. But ultimately, um, we are serving more families than we ever have before, both at our, our Ronald McDonald house and in our Ronald McDonald family rooms at its Newburgh Children's. Um, so the future is, um, is, is bright. The future is bright. And we are, I mean, one other silver lining I always think about, we're somewhat more equipped now. If something yes. like the pandemic ever happened again, we, we know what we're doing. <laughs> We may not want to do it, but we know what we're doing. Well, I think it's been it's the pandemic has has provided an opportunity for us to really take a step back and to really focus on um, on mission delivery and on expansion. You know, we 
are, are new to Suffolk County. Um, we've just opened our second family room. Um, and, and these family rooms are serving, are serving double the amount of families we're serving in our Ronald McDonald house. And it's just, it's just family rooms. So the need for our services has been, um, has been something that has really just, um, come to the forefront in the pandemic. Well, that, that is, that's bittersweet. That's good and bad, but overall, great, great news. Matt, I want to thank you for your time, for your expertise, um, for brainstorming with us a little bit about volunteerism and all my best to you and the New York Ronald McDonald House team. Thank you so much. Matt Campo is one of the sweetest CEOs I think I've ever met. What a great interview and what great work they are doing at Ronald McDonald House. I will make sure to link Matt's LinkedIn profile as well as Ronald McDonald House in the podcast notes if you'd like to connect with him and learn more about what they're doing in New York State. Also, if you are looking for more resources on volunteerism, on recruitment, retention, head on over to nonprofithub.org. We have quite a bit of it. Great content from thought leaders in the nonprofit space. And best of all, like most of what we do, it's free, free to download, free to learn from, free to help you move from good to growth. Thanks for listening to another Good to Growth podcast. You can find more great content to take your organization from good to growth at nonprofithub.org.